Now, here's a message from Ken Lavica. It truly is a historic day at Ken Lavica Live. We are talking about hockey. We are talking about face-offs. We're talking about fighting. Do we need fighting? Is there more fighting that needs to be had in sports? Do we want to fight? Coquel hit the open. On your mark. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Sports and brawling. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what we're missing. Maybe that's what's going to bring everybody together in this country is just dropping the gloves and throwing swings. Ken Levick alive. I'm the guy with the name on the show. He's Coquel. We're coming to you from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. ESPN West Palm in the Phillips Point Towers right off the Intracoastal. And the NHL, that's right, hockey is what we're opening up with today. We have never done this before. The show is just over a month old, and we're talking puck today because last night at Madison Square Garden, it took mere moments, and I literally mean moments, and I mean the game log is hilarious because you had 100 penalty minutes that accrued in just a couple of moments' time, but it was the Rangers and it was the Capitals last night, and... In case you're you're missing something, just context. Uh, there was a, a lot that that led up to this because uh, there's bad blood between these teams. There is injuries between these teams, and uh, this was known that this was going to happen. We knew that this was going to happen. Tom Wilson of the Capitals. He's a thug. I mean, he's just a, a flat out thug. He um he he sucker punched. Uh, Terry Panarin of the Rangers put him out for the season didn't receive a punishment from the NHL so uh, when when the NHL did not send down a punishment the Rangers just decided that uh, they were going to take matters into their own hands they were going to have their boy Artemi Panarin's back and this is what happened last night at Madison Square Garden as soon as the puck was dropped very effective line. Carl Hagelin nicked out and garnered Hathaway. They combined for two goals, three assists. Here we go. Right off the, right off the faceoff. Three fights simultaneously. Rooney and Dowd. DiGiuseppe going at it with Hathaway, Blackwell, and Hagelin. One second in. First off, classic move by Blackwell. He had Hagelin down and he didn't throw an extra punch. Hathaway and DiGiuseppe are really getting after one another. That reminds me of when John Tortorella coached the Rangers and Pete DeBoer coached the New Jersey Devils, and they got after it, Kenny. You were here to do that game. I was here to do that game with Doc Emmerich, and it got a whole lot of nasty. That was a- And so that is how it sounded last night. The pictures are obviously even better, but that was on NBC Sports Network last night, the Rangers and the Capitals, and it was comical. It was almost comical to see the penalty boxes completely filled with Rangers and Capitals, like to the point where it was standing room only. Wilson wasn't even on the ice yet. Tom Wilson was not on the ice yet, and then as soon as this happened, the Capitals announced that he was not going to return to the game because of an upper body injury. No, 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 no. You got the timeline wrong. He came out and got into a scrap. Oh, and did he? Th- and then it was another penalty, and then they just sent them off. They like made it, it. And they were like, all right, we're done. Call it this a night. Gonna, yeah, this is going to keep happening. There were six fights, Ken. That was the first three. There were three more fights separately, three individual fights in the first, like, six minutes of the yeah. game. And so that's It was glorious. The 100 penalty minutes accrued in, like, the first six or seven minutes of this game last night. So, yeah, you're right. Tom Wilson did uh, see action, and then as soon as he got in that scrap, it was uh, curtains for him. Uh, so, Coquel, uh, last night, uh, as I'm sitting at my dinner table, is texting, hockey fight. Hockey dinner fight, overrated. A hockey fight. And I'm like, what are you fight, talking fight, about? Fight, and fight, so I fight. get on Twitter, and sure enough, the first thing I see is the face-off and the fighting. Coquel has been on this all morning. Coquel, this is the happiest I've seen him after any sporting event 
the morning after. Coquel is tapped in to a primal man urge, unlike anything that I've ever seen before. And Coquel's not a violent man. Yes, he's a longtime football coach. A high school football coach is a violent game, but uh, he generally is able to keep his capacities together and keep things under wraps. But Coquel, you are as into this as anything I've seen. The Jets draft. Um, anything that uh, the Jets really have done over the last couple of months, Aaron Rodgers, anything. You are passionate about the fact that that those fights last night, you're, you're not an avid hockey guy, and you're an no. Islanders fan, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, when the playoffs come. <laughs> right. But you, you have taken to what happened last night at Madison Square Garden. What is going on with you? Guys were punching each other in the face, and it was fine. And you even heard the announcer say he classically followed the fight rules and stopped punching him when he when he was on the ground. It was like it was like the ballet. It was pure art that was taking place. Just majestical things that maybe the uneducated don't understand the beauty behind what took place. The tapestry, the Arctic, the Arctic. Yes, it was cold because it was on the ice. Mm-hmm. The art there. It was just a beautiful environment of hockey. It was and a- I don't care about the puck. The puck was gone. Get that out of the way. <laughs> I can't see it anyway on my TV, but I can see punches to face. It was it was a beautiful ballet of right hooks. Oh, so great, man. So- and the best part was, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm really excited. The Rangers looked like they went into that game looking like we want to get beat up tonight because they kept starting fights and they kept losing, <laughs> which as a fake Islander fan made it that much better that the Rangers started fights and got beat up over and over again. Well, what's funny about this, too, so there's no doubt that Tom Wilson is a cheap shot artist and anybody who has followed his hockey career, and I'm not going to get too deep into the hockey minutiae, but uh, the man and uh, what he did to Artemi Panarin just a couple of days ago, uh, somehow avoiding punishment from the NHL is, is insane. The sucker punch yeah. dropping something I mean, on Panarin's their head. Panarin's done for the year. Yeah. Panarin is done for the season. He used to play for the Blackhawks. That's how I'm familiar with Panarin. They called him the bread man because of his last name. Uh, uh, like Panarin Right, bread. exactly. Uh, I get uh, but it. He, he's, he's a total thug. And uh, so last night, what was funny, though, is... The Capitals knew exactly what was coming because as soon as the puck was dropped, they actually dropped the gloves of the three fighters, the three sets of, of fights that happened. The Capitals and two of them had their gloves off first and were already scrapping. It was amusing. Like, hockey is so gloriously dumb sometimes. Like, would, you, would you have watched without the fighting? No, but I, I didn't watch any other portion of the game other than the fighting last night and but I I I like the game I like hockey I'm a Blackhawks fan they're having a bit of a resurgence that's good I appreciate hockey I'm excited for the Panthers Stanley Cup run coming up at BB&T Center that's going to be outstanding you and I are about to become an all Florida Panthers radio show we've discussed this already um cats and rats baby cats and rats you, I did not think, you, what are you doing right now? You are making me actually truly uncomfortable. Uh, but I did not, I, I I love hockey, but this is so gloriously stupid. I mean, there is no other sport. Where What happened if right after um, tip-off in an NBA game, they just started throwing haymakers at one another? Like, they just all engaged one another and started throwing haymakers. Or Nick's as- Heat! That's Nick's Heat! That's my childhood! Greg Anthony in a flowered shirt out of nowhere with a right and a left and another right. And then other guys fought. And then the guys kind of just stood around. But the fighting, it's what it's all about. That's what makes sports <laughs> <That's> beautiful. <laughs> fighting, that's what it's all about. I brought my That's son. what makes sports beautiful. Chris Coquel just said that on May the 6th. I, I brought my son into the room to watch the fight. <laughs> Wait. Really? Yeah. You brought your impressionable young son in to watch the fighting on the ice. Is that good parenting? Probably not, considering he got suspended for yelling at his whole class earlier in the day and not controlling his anger. But I just wanted to show him the fights because they were cool. I just, I, I, this is a legitimate question based on Coquel's behavior, based on the fact that I looked at the Rangers and the Capitals like it was a car crash. Like I went full national inquirer on this. Like, you gotta, you gotta glance over. You gotta see what happened. You gotta look at the carnage. Does fighting just make sports better? And I feel like such a dumb male asking this. I feel so stupid asking this. Females can like fighting too. Ken. I understand that, but I can't even deny the fact that. Well, I take pride in the fact that I'm not some. Oh, let's square up. Come on, like that sort of meatball. 
I like watching highlights of fights. I like watching highlights of fights on the field, on the ice, on the court. I I can't stop looking at that. And I almost feel like, and this is a legitimate question, and I'm curious. I want you to tap in to your primal urges, male or female. Fight. Does fighting make sports better? Because that is, last night, that's the biggest story. There was a no-hitter in baseball last night, and the biggest story was a regular season matchup between the Rangers and Capitals because they started fighting right after face-off. Does, does fighting just make sports better? You can own up to it. You can admit it. We're all family here, and I get it because I could not take my eyes off this, and Coquel is a testosterone-fueled monster today. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, 888-760-3776. You can also tweet at the show, at ESPN West Palm. 100 penalty minutes in the opening period last night, in the opening seven minutes last night at MSG. We would not be talking about this game, we would not be talking about hockey if it wasn't for the fact that there were six fights in the first six minutes of that game. Don't act like you don't Google Malice in the Palace for fun sometimes. I know. I know. I know. It's so awesome. Even the ugly stuff. What ugly? That was ugly. What ugly? The Why? Malice in the Palace Why? was ugly. Dude threw a beer in Artest's face, and Artest said, oh, who are you? And then Steven Jackson just started throwing random punches right. for whatever reason. And, and then Turtle, Turtle runs on the court, and then Artest punches him too. <laughs> that was not Turtle. Oh, it looked that like was Turtle. not Turtle from Entourage, no. Oh. Uh, and Ron Artest went off to the wrong person. Uh, that that uh, guy was running his him. mouth too. Don't run your mouth. Don't be tough. You don't be a tough guy in the stands if you don't want these hands. You know what I'm saying? I guess, does does <laughs> does sports need more fighting, like in hockey? Like why does hockey get away with it and no other sport does? Because if we saw that in the NBA, we're talking 20, 25, 30 game suspensions, right? Like we're talking half of a regular season. We're talking suspended throughout the rest of the, the the playoffs. Major League Baseball, we're talking 15, 20 game suspension even after appeal. Like why why is hockey so is it the code of conduct? Is it just because that's how it is? Enforcers. Like someone enlighten me. I know there's hockey heads out there. Enlighten me. Yeah, you why want us do, to talk hockey all the time. Here's your hockey, chance. Why does hockey get away with this? And do we just need to start incorporating this into other sports? I'm dead serious. Does it send a terrible message to our kids? Probably. Is it more entertaining? Probably. Does fighting just make sports better? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The only thing that could have made last night better is if guys from the Capitals got hurt because they're two points behind our cats. <laughs> behind our cats yeah. i am not Go rooting, Panthers. i am not going to be rooting for anybody even tom wilson to get hurt Cal. see I this am. is where you're bringing this way too far because not only did you bring your your young impressionable son yeah. in <laughs> to watch the fighting yeah. you also now are openly expressing your hope that washington capitals became injured during the fights last night I'm not quite sure that that's a good thing for society, for humanity. It's a race to the top. Got to get the uh, whatever Carolina's mascot is. The Hurricanes? The Hurricanes. Got to catch them. <laughs> you are a complete disaster. I mean, last night was fun. Anytime baseball, man. Baseball. There was a no-hitter. We're not. We're like, eh, yeah, man, no-hitter, perfect game. But if he threw the ball at someone's face and they brawled, we'd be all over it. Well, baseball fights are hilarious because there's never any actual fighting at all it's just hold me back hold me back hold me back like i'm talking there's got to be fighting here like i don't want the cheapy baseball like hold me back uh just yell at one another i want the actual hockey like drop gloves and throw right hooks and try and connect on jabs you can't have the the soft baseball fights like that's not going to but if there were more at least benches cleared that would probably make things a little bit more interesting but i'm in a weird spot because morally, I'd like to just watch the game. I'd like to see the competition. But the uh, the 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 caveman in me, I want fighting. I want more fighting. It's better. What's your favorite football memory that you ever had? Um, I don't know. Like it, college, NFL, and any football memory that makes you just brings you to your happy place. Uh, it's probably when Brett Favre got traded from the Packers. It's not even a play. <laughs> I don't know. Traded. You're the worst. I'm not trying to. 
I'm not transitioning to Aaron Rodgers talk if that's what you're going with. What's your favorite memory <laughs> when you sit down and you think of a oh, trade at 11 o'clock at night? Because that's when that trade now, happened. I remember the moment you, with Glorious. Let, mine is probably some great play on the field. I don't know. Cordell, I was sitting in my, I, I vividly remember sitting in my grandpa's home watching Cordell Stewart throw a Hail Mary to beat Michigan. It was awesome, right? It was awesome. And I remember Andre Johnson pounding the face <laughs> of Cortland Finnegan because that was awesome. Man, that really is one of your favorite yes, football moments he, of all time. Talking, he just unloaded right. Like, he was throwing haymakers. You don't mess with guys like Andre Johnson. <laughs> is sports better with fighting? In Nolan Ryan? Oh, no, all right. On. Nolan Ryan, and I'm a White Sox fan. Nolan Ryan pounding Robin Ventura yeah. on the top of the skull repeatedly was objectively hilarious. I mean, can't be topped. I mean, just excellent stuff, right? Like, that's good. That's good stuff. But I'm not going to be like you and root for injury. But I just think you you holding the Andre Johnson, Cortland Finnegan fight is one of the top football members. You have deep-seated problems. <laughs> You're going to tell me you don't think it's awesome. You, you, <laughs> have not, you haven't YouTubed that randomly on a Saturday night for fun. No, but I have done Malice in the Palace. It's so awesome. <laughs> There's nothing better than that. Is sports better? <laughs> I cannot believe on this show that I work so hard to get. I am perpetuating violence like this. Are sports better with fighting? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Flat out, are sports just better with fighting after what we saw Rangers and Capitals last night? You're just, you're you're rubbing your hands together. You're twitchy. I just, I can't wait. I just, eight days from now, I'm going to be, Hunting pigs around the room. <laughs> I'm going to fight the pigs at the South Florida Fair in eight days. So eight you, days. You are eight days. Eight days. Next piggies. Friday, Coquel is racing the pigs. Fighting. He is in the pig. No, I don't. I don't think we're going to be allowed in there if you're going to go fight the pigs. You are going to be racing the pigs at the South Florida Fair. This is far and away the dumbest thing that that I have ever seen you attempt to do, and you have thrown yourself full fledged into this. The point where you're training. For this, what sort of training is going into you racing the pigs at the South Florida Fair? Well, the fair starts Friday, May 7th, right? But we're going to race them on the 14th in a week. Okay. So I've been running up and down the stairs. <laughs> Dean Thomas, UFC trainer, he's been he's been helping me train. I've been running in my street that I walk. You'll see a video of me uh, going. I'm a little look a little out of breath, beginning stages <laughs> of training. But this is the thing. If I can't get in shape, I'm just going to fight the pigs. I'm going to drop the gloves. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's no. what I'm going to do because the South Florida Fair, we know what a great event it is. It's got all the food, the drinks, the environment. You need a pig fight. <laughs> you don't need a pig fight. The South Florida Fair with all those families is not for pig fighting. Coquel, I swear to God. You're going to tell, you you're, you're tell me between delicious fair food, thrilling rides, farm animals, live entertainment, a trip to the past with yesteryear village, including the haunted house that haunted my dreams uh, once. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll tell you about that one day. And this year, it's a... Entirely earthly, a fair theme. Come on. And then me fighting pigs. <laughs> no, stop saying you're going to fight pigs because this promotion is going to end as soon as we to begin get to get tickets to me fighting the pigs, go to SouthFloridaFair.com no, or download the South Florida Fair app for more savings. Next Friday, live here on Ken Levick Alive from the South Florida Fair, it is Coquel Racing, the famous South Florida Fair racing pigs. Not fighting them, racing them. Okay, so if I lose on the 14th, which isn't going to happen in the race, I'm just letting you know, but say like one of the pigs is cheating and I lose, the fair goes to the 23rd. It's from the 7th to the 23rd. Can I come back and fight the pigs no. on the 23rd no. on the way out? This cannot be like a Rangers Capitals thing where you get to the finish line and then you turn and you just start punting pigs. It's not going to work like well, that. Well, I'll tell you this. If I win and one of the pigs get to the Oreo first because I'm, I'm celebrating and they eat my Oreo, then I'm allowed to fight them. So that's what they chase is the Oreo. At yeah, there's the an end. Oreo at the end. They. That's what, why do you think I entered this? It's a free <laughs> Oreo. SouthFloridaFair.com. The fair uh, starts tomorrow. SouthFloridaFair.com. And we'll be out there next Friday as Coquel races the pigs. Rangers, you think I'm going to win? Do you have my, you have, you have my back I on have that? absolutely no confidence that you're what? going to win or even compete with these porkers. I mean, there's absolutely no chance. What do no they have chance. that I don't? What do they have? Fat bellies? Got it. <laughs> Little legs? Got it. Make weird noises when I'm supposed to be talking. Smell got weird. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Like food. Got you it. You know what? Now that you say, you check all of the pig boxes. Ah! You, you absolutely check all of the pig boxes. Kind of hair in weird places. You've got it covered. Oh, my God. Uh, Rangers Capitals <laughs> last night. Three fights right off the jump. Six fights in the first period. Coquel loves it. I only watch because of the fights. Are, are, are sports better when you're fighting? 
are sports better with fights? Admit it. You can admit it. We're we're all one happy family here. Let's just let's just be open with one another. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet the show at ESPN West Palm. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Here's Ken and Coquel. Thursday baseball another near miss on a perfect game but unlike the White Sox Carlos Rodon it's not a hit pitch this actually got real weird and should it just be called a perfect game I'm Ken Levicka he's Coquel don't forget to subscribe to the Ken Levicka live featuring Coquel podcast you can get it wherever you get your podcast I mean anywhere on the world wide web that you get a podcast Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel right there. So get it, subscribe to it, rate it every day. We do this for you. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. For all the mothers out there for Mother's Day, grab their phones, ignore the text from their other dudes, <laughs> and just download the Ken Levick yeah. Alive Podcast. Don't, don't, don't just ignore what you see when you peek the text messages. Just trust us. Don't it's look not at, worth it. Don't look at the deleted pictures because yeah. they probably forgot to get rid yeah, of the deleted right. of just, the pictures. Don't worry about it. Just ignore those. Let's have a peaceful Mother's Day. But make sure you, on their phone, subscribe to the Ken Levick Alive yeah, Podcast. Absolutely. Just do that. Good Mother's Day advice from, uh, from Coquel. Uh, last night, the Baltimore Orioles, no hit. The Seattle Mariners, John Means, just a brilliant performance last night in a a, a no-hitter. Uh, face the minimum. Uh, and this is uh, what it sounded like last night on Nassen as John Means finished off his no-hitter of the Mariners. Crawford. First pitch swinging. Line drive. He's done it. John Means has no-hit the Mariners, and the Orioles mob him. The first no-hitter for the Orioles in 30 years. So, history made. A means to the end. That's what he should have said. Yeah, he should That was the call. I I like our new segment. Coquel provides broadcasting advice. Be the shortest-lived segment we'll do on this show. You don't think that's a great call at the end? A means to an end. I mean. No-hitter. John (laughs) Means. And now they're fighting. He threw a punch. Here it comes out of left field. The bullpens are empty. Are you on PEDs? Is that's is that what's happening right now? Because you are completely unhinged. Are you roided up? Just be honest with me. Eight days. <laughs> uh, you, Coquel is doing PDs in advance of racing the pigs at the South Florida Fair. Um, but it, it, why this wasn't a perfect game when it probably should have been? It's because of a dropped third strike in the third inning of this game. Do we have this uh, audio, Coquel? Okay, I just wanted to make sure. And uh, here's the pitch, no, and the no, catcher dropped it, and the guy runs to first base, <laughs> and he's safe. Even though it's a strikeout, it's an error. Good good job with the theater of the mind. Thanks, the, thanks to Masson uh, Network. <laughs> in the, I think that's illegal what you just did, actually. Uh, in the third inning of this game, I see it. <laughs> a, a, a drop third strike allowed the only base runner of this game, and it was ruled a wild pitch. It should have been ruled a pass ball if you see the replay of this there's no way that the catcher should have allowed this to go through the five hole no way that the catcher should have allowed this to go through the wickets Uh, it it was on him it should have been a pass ball but because there was a base runner uh it lost the perfect game and just a couple of pitches later he was thrown out at second trying to steal second so john means pitched uh, uh faced the minimum 27 up 27 down And that leads me to this. Are we at a point now where if a pitcher does face the minimum, because that's truly unfair, that sucks. Wasn't that the whole thing the other day? He had to face 27 batters? Well, he faced 27 batters, baseball. If you you retire 27 batters, you face the minimum. Should it just be a perfect game? Especially, maybe you can judge it on circumstance. That should have been a pass ball. But that's that still not a, a pass even ball. if it's a pass ball, it's still not a perfect game. And it gives your fielders a little less pressure because if they could if they commit an error and there's a base runner, they have a chance to atone for it by you still facing the minimum via a double play or something along those lines. John means that's a rough way to lose a perfect game. 
even tougher than Carlos Rodon uh, having the hitter with two outs in the ninth not move his toe out of the way and get hit by a pitch. That really sucked. Can we at least have the discussion that maybe those should count as perfect games? Should facing the minimum be a perfect game? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. But what I also want to do is I want to read you this, Coquel. This is from USA Today's For the Win. This was written by Andrew Joseph, and this is the title of the piece. A lame MLB rule stood in the way of a perfect game for Orioles pitcher John Means. What is the lame rule? It is the dropped third strike. Now, I'm all for reforming the game, okay? I'm all for making baseball more watchable. I actually have been supportive of the seven-inning doubleheader. I've been supportive of the runner on second in extra innings. But, This was the end of the piece by Andrew Joseph of For the Win. The drop third strike is just a dumb rule that we all have seemingly accepted and learned to live with. But because of that, Means had to settle for a no-hitter when his performance called for so much more. If MLB really wants to bring in more fans, that's a rule that needs to go. All right. Major League Baseball eliminating the drop third strike will unequivocally not bring in season any more tickets. fans. Season tickets to the Marlins. Like, what a silly, stupid thing to write. And I get we need content. I get we need to take an angle. I get that we need to, to, to have a stance. But what a waste of time to write that eliminating the drop third strike, something that has been around for all of my existence, something that has been around for all of Coquel's existence, something that has been around for our entire listing audience's existence. This is one of the oldest rules in baseball, the drop third strike. And Andrew Joseph of USA Today says, oh, if you eliminate that, that'll help bring more fans. What are you talking about? Now, Come on. I'm, now I'm glad John Means didn't have a perfect game. <laughs> Just, just to, oh, just man. because of Andrew Joseph. I mean, we say we now say some dumb things this, on though, the show. Like, if he was writing that article and someone came and punched him in the face, <laughs> now that's a good article. Oh man, the draw. <laughs> no, no, oh. I'm not condoning just random acts of violence. I'm not, especially against that. the media. You know what? Let me not yeah. even go down that Wipe road. Wipe that off the yeah. board. <laughs> don't, don't punch Andrew Joseph. But we don't need to eliminate. The drop third strike. Punch Ken Levicka. We just need to potentially uh, revisit what constitutes a perfect game and what constitutes a no-hitter. If you, in a seven-inning doubleheader, pitch a perfect game for seven innings or a no-hitter for seven innings, that should be a no-hitter or a perfect game. Like, it should. That's the scheduled amount of innings for a game. If you are perfect or throw a no-hitter in that time period, boom. Perfect game, no-hitter. If you face the minimum, I think... That based on the circumstance, like an official score rules something an error or a hit or a fielder's choice, maybe the official score can rule something a perfect game if you face the minimum, depending on the circumstance. Isn't that, couldn't we at least have a a discussion about that? What about if someone lets up a single, then gets a double header, a double header, a double play, so it's 27 up, 27 down? Are you now going perfect game? I don't know because giving you up can't. a hit's a little bit. T- no, yeah. you can't. You know, you can't do a perfect game after you lost a no hitter. Okay, like, you I'm can't just making that. sure. But that's what I'm talking about. The official score under the circumstance. Uh, are you willing to at least revisit what a perfect game is? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero ESPN. Because you could technically throw a perfect game. Your placement is perfect. Your pitches are perfect, and your shortstop lets a ball go through his legs. Or your second baseman boots it. Or your left fielder loses it in the lights. It doesn't take away your perfection. Someone else screwed up. Yeah, but it's still not a perfect game. So so you're saying it should be an individual stat. I guess it is. Should it be a team stat then? Maybe. Maybe. But I also think the official score. So say a guy purposely doesn't move his toe out of the way. Gets hit by a pitch. But you face the minimum. Uh I think you've got a case for the official score to say perfect game. John but Means, no, last night. It's not pa- perfect. Pass ball, then you, he's caught stealing, you face the minimum, perfect game. I like that. I like if there's an error and you clean it up with either a double play or catch or pick him off or get him caught stealing, then you've cleaned up the mistake. These, so still, like, these are the types of discussions, though, that almost, we probably— how about, how about an AP? G. 
Almost perfect game. New category. <laughs> no, no. I'm not. No, we're not going to just APGs. bust out random John Meads leads the league in APGs. <laughs> Would you stop? But I think these are legitimate discussions that should be had to make baseball a little bit more watchable, to make baseball a little bit more achievement-based. Like, the official score can rule on everything else. Why can't the official score make a, a, a conscious decision uh, about whether or not something was actually perfectly done because that was a perfect pitch that was swung on and missed by John Means should have been easily stopped by the catcher instead went through his legs I still think that should have counted as a perfect game 888-760-3776-888-760 ESPN you know what doesn't matter though is whether or not the drop third strike rule exists or not (laughs) that Andrew Joseph of USA Today is not going to bring in any more fans or lose any fans all I'm saying right now is we've just thrown out a hockey topic and a baseball talk topic. You better call. <laughs> or we're talking this, Aaron Rodgers. I'm telling you. This, I got Aaron Rodgers on deck. I'm ready. The warning has been sent. You want hockey. You want baseball. We have it for you. And if you don't respond, that's right. As the cheese turns comes back. <laughs> oh, Aaron Rodgers comes back. Hey, don't say we didn't warn you. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. You know what is a tried and true thing in radio? Threatening your audience. It's always worked perfectly. I uh, want to talk about my buddy Pat Lawler. He is our sports agent insider, our sports law insider, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. When you're injured in an accident, it's scary. Uh, a lot of us have been there, whether we have caused an accident, been a recipient, a victim of an accident, but the aftermath is really overwhelming. There's a a lot to uncover, a lot of paperwork, and who knows, there might be litigation. You need help, trusted help, and that's where Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys come in. Forty years of combined experience, Lawler & Associates helps clients get you the compensation that uh, they deserve, period. There's no denying that, whether it's automobile, boat, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, any personal injury matter, Lawler & Associates have the expertise, the resources, and the want to help. Visit Lawler & Associates. Here's the website. Free consultation. WantToLawyerUp.com. WantToLawyerUp.com. That's Lawler & Associates. Personal injury attorneys. WantToLawyerUp.com. When we return, we have another installment of the soap opera that has taken over the nation. And it's based out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. We warned you. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica, And I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Canning Coquel. Like putting things in number order. Order, order, order. Five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the electrical standings. Today, the electrical standings five through one. Worst hangover day. Worst hangover day. Coquel, five through one. Go. Number five, the day after St. Patrick's Day. Number four, Thanksgiving Day, the day after Thanksgiving Eve. Number three, the day after Christmas, because after dealing with the kids, you got to have a drink or two. Good one. And everyone's favorite holiday, the 5th of July, is a big hangover day. And then, of course, we're a sports station, Super Bowl Monday. Worst hangover day, five through one. Here's mine. Five, Seis de Mayo. Four, January 1st. Three, the day after Labor Day. Two, Sunday. And one, every Monday in the fall. And that concludes our electrical standings on this Thursday, Worst Hangover Day. Well, it never ends. There are so many people, Coquel, that have asked me, how long are you going to talk about Aaron Rodgers? How come every day is Aaron Rodgers? Want to know why? Because it's the best, most dramatic sports soap opera we have ever experienced. As the cheese turns. This portion brought to you today by... FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. And by... Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Ah, yes, another installment of As the Cheese Turns. By the way, did you hear Evan yesterday say that that was lame? That we probably could have uh, we could have done a, a better job of coming up with a creative name for this Packers soap opera? 
I was offended. We, I put the, the cheese keeps turning, baby. I put three whole minutes of work into that. Okay? I had my top production guy work on it. <laughs> Which may or may not be you. (laughs) And it shows. The latest installment comes from CBS Radio last night, where former Packers fullback and teammate of Aaron Rodgers, John Kuhn, had this to say about the uh, very, very frustrated quarterback of the Packers. Have you talked to Aaron? I have talked with Aaron Rodgers, and and I I won't say exactly what we talked about. I I will say... um, He's he's conflicted because this man loves to play the game of football. This man loves to be a Green Bay Packer. And this man truly sees careers. He's watched friends leave. He watched Brett Favre's career um, towards the end. He's watched all these things play out in front of his eyes. He's taken notes throughout his entire career. He's seen um, some situations that, that didn't feel were done or, or finished the way that they could or should have. And he's just trying to take his own destiny within his own hands. And to that effect, I actually admire him because not many players in the NFL have that opportunity. I sure as heck didn't. Uh, I, I played until everybody told me you can't play anymore. And it's a humbling feeling. And Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to try and, you know, take a little bit of that power back. So he hasn't ruled out a return to Green Bay is what you're telling me. Absolutely not. He is. He, I, I still believe there is an opportunity at a, at a resolution here. It's and turning. I just think it, it's, it's going to take two men that are dug in right now and trying to meet in the middle somewhere where they're both happy. The cheese is spinning right now. I mean, John round Kuhn. and round. John Kuhn, what a script writer he is. Because you know what he's doing? This is perfect. This is what you do in Hollywood. You dangle. You dangle for the fans. You draw their interest in. You give them hope before the inevitable end. John Kuhn is brilliant. There is a chance, a chance that he comes back to the Green Bay Packers and John Kuhn has talked to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he he spoke to Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre played the same position with him as the same team. We heard from him yesterday. Like, all this stuff keeps... I feel like I'm watching Law & Order. Like, I feel like I'm stuck. Because at the end of every Law and Order, you just you want that Dick Wolf gets you every time. You want that next episode. This, I can't wait for the next episode. This actually brings an interesting question. Um, in Law and Order, what did you prefer more when it was the detectives, their portion of the show, or the courtroom portion of the show with the lawyers? The detectives. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me a too. lot more. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked Lenny a lot. I don't know any of their names. I just know when it's once it's on. Like I have I have to turn off the TV before I watch three minutes. Because if you get caught into it, which they do with even just the uh-huh. score behind the, uh-huh. the show, you're in, and you can't just watch one episode because it just instantly, Dick Wolf, brings you into the next episode. Right. And you're like, wait, what's happening? Who's getting killed or bad things happening to them? I need to know. I can't tell you how many days I have wasted uh, getting caught up on a TNT Law & Order marathon. It doesn't matter what Law & Order. Even ones you've seen before. Know, like, I've seen the one with the, the runway model and then the <laughs> boyfriend shoots her. And I'm like, well, actually, he doesn't. It ended up uh-huh, being the yeah. photographer. Who uh, would have thought? Yes, yes, but, course. you know, they led the way where yeah. I thought it was the boyfriend, sure, but sure, it wasn't. Sure, sure. I've seen that like eight times, but every time I'm like, maybe someone else did it this time. You never know. You never know. The cheese but, keeps turning. Yeah, but man, Lenny. Uh, but then there's also this. There's this. Paul Paps, Dan Patrick Show, tweeted the following because they had Adam Schefter on today. Uh, He retweeted Adam Schefter's now famous tweet from six days ago. If you recall it, Red Reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers, so disgruntled with the Packers. He's told some within the organization he doesn't want to return to the team. That's Mm. what sparked everything. Paul Paps retweeted that and then tweeted the following two hours ago. We have Adam Schefter on now. He said that this was not a breaking report, but an accumulation of information. He added Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers camp was not the source of the story. He told us he chose to post this on draft day, but it's based on info since the season ended to draft day. So this is deep seated. This has it. been going on for quite some time. Schefter's lying. You think Schefter's lying? I think it, the information may have come for a long time, but I think they wanted them to release it on draft day. And now they look bad. So now they're telling Schefter, Hey, if you want more information from us, you're going to say it's not from us. If, if Adam Schefter did purposely save it until draft day, uh, he, he had planned to save it until draft day, but he had all these things in his arsenal like up to two weeks before. Is that sketchy? Yeah, and if I'm the NFL, I'm telling my team, stop stop giving Schefter the information. And that's, I love Schefter. I love his work, and I, 
I love Schefter. I'd be lost on this show if I didn't have his Twitter well, feed to read before I, the show. I'll say this. I love what Schefter did from a pure content standpoint because doing that on draft day was brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but, but not good for the NFL. Probably not good for the NFL. Um, but I wonder, though, too, if it was the perfect place to put it coming off of the news that the 49ers had offered up Jimmy G in the third pick to the Packers and tur- the Packers turned it down. You were once a respected reporter. What, a long time ago. So would you think that's right, though, to hold it for that moment? And then the report comes out, the Niners one. Is that the right time to then release it? Coquel, I want to tell you something about modern-day reporting, okay? I like retweets. I like clicks. And would it have been the right thing to do to hold it? No. Would I have done it? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Adam Schefter, he's a personality as well as a reporter. Is Adam Schefter having all this Rodgers information and waiting until draft day to report it, as he said on Dan, on Dan Patrick, is, is he him holding that? Is that shady? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Adam Schefter, sketchy for holding the Aaron Rodgers news until draft day. Here's what I think about this. Yes, journalistically, it's sketchy from a content standpoint, from an ESPN standpoint, from a who he works for standpoint. Brilliant. And from a what it's done to Packers fans, hilarious. But what about from an NFL-ESPN partnership standpoint? The NFL's probably not thrilled because it completely overshadowed their draft coverage. And uh, Although all, it did bring more eyes. Every pick because, I was into it. Because people were wondering if there was going to be some sort of trade on draft night that was going to... I would say that it almost probably helped ratings. Like, the NFL's probably not happy that it potentially took away from the rookies that were drafted and their product, but I think more eyeballs probably tuned into the product because there was... The potential that future Hall of Famer and reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers was going somewhere other than Green Bay on draft night. We legitimately thought, and it's not just Schefter, because Florio jumped right on board. He has a relationship, NBC, NFL. Um, he could fall in that same boat. Uh, NFL Network, Ian Rappaport. I mean, Ian Rappaport works for the NFL, Coquel, and he was jumping on with uh, corroborating information. Adam Schefter, sketchy. For holding that until draft day with Aaron Rodgers. He knew this from the end of the season to draft day. He knew Aaron Rodgers was upset. He knew what he had told teammates. He knew that Aaron Rodgers had told teammates that he didn't want to come back to the Packers, and he waited until draft day. Good idea or sketchy on Adam Schefter's part? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, and you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Kelly is in Palm Beach Gardens. Hey, Kelly. What's up, fellas? How you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm a Packers fan because a lot of, I'm a Dolphins fan mm-hmm. because I'm here, but my, my family's from um, Milwaukee, so I love the Packers. But I thought it was brilliant for Chesky, but also for the NFL draft. I thought it brought a lot more attention, and uh, I thought it was a brilliant move. You know, from a, a pure eyeballs standpoint, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. Because, again, journalistically, journalistically mm-hmm. and content entertainment are two wildly different things. And Adam Schefter has to toe that line of being an entertainer and a journalist. He got all the journalistic information. He, as an entertainer, made the conscious decision to put it out there, enhance his brand, ESPN's brand. And the more I talk about it, Kelly, I think you're right. It definitely, I think... The NFL was already going to be front and center, but that was like worldwide headline. I mean, the NFL truly became global on that first night of the draft with the potential of Aaron Rodgers moving teams. It, it, it might have been sketchy, but I think it and it ended up being a good business decision. And I think it brought a lot of intrigue to that second pick, you know, yeah, third pick or whatever, totally. because there wasn't a lot going on. Yep. Well, as soon as we found out, and appreciate the call, Kelly, as soon as we found out, because if you recall, Coquel, on this show, we saw the initial tweet. It actually first came from the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen, on his radio show up in Minneapolis that uh, the 49ers had offered the Packers, Jimmy G, third number three overall pick, some players on the roster in exchange for Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers said no. We thought that was interesting. We sort of laughed like, well, at least you gave it a shot, San Fran. Not knowing at that point yet that, wait a minute, uh, Aaron Rodgers wanted the Packers to do that deal. So I wonder, too, if Paul Allen's report maybe tipped Adam Schefter's hand. 
Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask you. Do you think that because that report came out, Schefter's like, well, now I have to release it? I think it. so. Because when we break news at ESPN Top 63, like John I. Leonard hiring Casey Beck as the new baseball coach, and you can follow me on Twitter at RealCoachK for much of this breaking news that I know you're into. I have to hold it sometimes, but then when he got hired, like him leaving Heights, I had to hold it. Then when he got hired at John I, I had no I couldn't hold it anymore. I had to release the news. Yeah, you, you, what you're doing with John I. Leonard's baseball coach and what Adam Schefter did with Aaron Rodgers, very similar, yes. very similar At platform. Real Coach K, yeah. at Adam Schefter, yeah. it's the same. same Pre- identical significance. If, same uh, followers. If you ask me. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Absolutely. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. And when we return, a kid did something that's both parts awesome and terrifying, especially for Coquel and I, who are fathers of young children. What are we talking about? We'll discuss it next. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ken's got two daughters. Coquel has two sons. One thing they do have in common is that they both don't have a clue. Ken and Coquel are bad dads. This one's terrifying. I mean, this one's legitimately terrifying, what we're about to discuss. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon, 21 years guiding his students into the sports industry. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Take courses over the summer or in the fall, either online or in person. Your choice, but this is your path to sports. This is the path. This is the one. So many success stories. We talk about it almost daily now on this show. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Tell Dr. Jim Reardon, hey, I want to get in the program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. All right. So let's go to New York. Where, and this is from the New York Post, four-year-old Noah ordered 51 cases of 18 SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles, each at $51.25 a pop. It was an unsupervised Amazon account that this four-year-old got into. 918 popsicles. He ordered it to his home for a total of just over $2,600 on the order unsupervised four-year-old gets access to your amazon account and orders 918 spongebob popsicles at a cost of twenty six hundred dollars you're a parent how terrifying is this is this i mean what level of terrifying is this because for me I love the fact the kid loves popsicles. I love popsicles. I'd be happy to have 918 popsicles. Not the sponge. The yellow ice cream doesn't taste good. SpongeBob. <laughs> I'm glad that's your concern. But I'm trying to decide, is this... Now, it, if you ordered the Spider-Mans, the red and the blue... Oh! Is this terrifying? Does this make you angry? Or do you sort of say, all right, it was a mistake. Kind of cool. I, I want parents' input on this because unsupervised Amazon account... There could have been a lot of things bought off of that, and instead he went for the SpongeBob popsicles. Yeah, $2,600 is a lot of money, but you do have 918 SpongeBob popsicles. Are you angry? Are you angry, or do you let the kids sort of just teach them a lesson and say, all right, things are good? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. The problem is, though, you're not going to have a freezer to hold on. Well, that. and that's the biggest issue. So you've spent $2,600 on something that – because it's not like the – um. What do you, you you call the, um, the the popsicles you buy at the store that are liquid and then you stick them in the freezer? Freezer pops. Freezer pops. <laughs> I probably could have figured that out. Uh, but the freezer pops, like you, they oh can, the green they can freezer thaw. pop, underrated. I agree. I completely agree. Um, you, you know what really frustrated me with the freezer pop though is when you try and drink the juice out and you cut the sides of your mouth yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the plastic. God, we suck. Um, but you're right. Where do Great. you put? Should we rank freezer pops tomorrow? No, we should not. Oh, okay. Um, but where where do you put those popsicles? And for me, twenty six hundred dollars is a lot of money. I'm imagining for you, twenty six hundred dollars is a lot of money. What about wealthy family right across the bridge from us on Palm Beach? Though, are they just sort of? Oh, tw- oh, Webster, it's okay. Webster lives there. <laughs> it's still twenty six hundred dollars. Like that's that's a lot of money. I suppose, but I do sort of respect the kid. Because 
Oh, I like his hustle. He won a pop. Wiley. How did he end up getting, like, what was the number of cases he ordered? Uh, Nine, uh, 51. 51 51. I wonder what made him pick the number 51. Was he going for five and then trying to change Uh, it to one? Or he just started clicking numbers. And how many things has he ordered before and got away with? That's the beauty of it. I have a four-year-old. I'm not quite sure she would know how to navigate Amazon, Amazon Prime, and order something like that. So not only did he get on Amazon and it was unsupervised, but he also found something. He also found something that was going to directly benefit him, which is the SpongeBob popsicles. It's not like he ordered linens on accident. Like this was a purposeful order of SpongeBob popsicles. She knows how to order. You think so? My son ordered a full season of Blaze and the Monster Machine, and my other son ordered a lot of movies when he was six. This one, the four-year-old, ordered a full season. That's different, though, because you just sort of move your remote to a picture that you like, and you imagine you'll like that TV show. You press it, and it's ordered. No, you have to go to buy, and you have to click the button. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you just hit play. So you think my four-year-old could do this? Yeah, I definitely do. 100%. Oh my God! You need to lock down your Amazon, lock down your TV, because that's what happens first. Ken, I got a, I have an older son, and we went through it. We have the code on. The problem is the four-year-old's really smart, and I know he's watching me when I put the code in to get stuff. So you, I mean, our code is one two one two one. So like, it's not really hard, <laughs> but I know he's watching. Good job, Fort Knox. But I just she can she just learned how to identify. The uppercase letters and lowercase letters. She can't read yet anything past three letters. You think she should get, she could get on Amazon, find SpongeBob popsicles, and order fifty-one cases of them? If Amazon is open and they happen to have the wrong pop-up ad, like oh, right there, she God. can click and get it. I'm not saying she's going to be typing in SpongeBob and be like, "Hey, SpongeBob popsicle, buy the case." I don't think she's going to be typing all that in, but I think she can get it. What's even the punishment for that? Is that take uh, away- Amazon? Someone stole my account. <laughs> You're not paying for that. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Someone hacked into my account. I, you know how many movies I've rented and I'm like, I don't know if my <laughs> son did it. But what, sir? You watched the whole thing twice. But for your kid, what ends up being the punishment for? Do you take away all electronics? Do you ground them for a month? How do you even teach a lesson to a four year old? First time, you just explain they're not allowed, and then if they're trying to do it again, then comes the punishment. Oh, my God. Right? Like, the first thing you yeah. just explain. No, you're, you're right. You're just going to yell at someone and, and, and teach them the lesson of that they're not even understanding what they did wrong. Explain to them that it costs a lot of money and that, you know, if they want to have food on the table, they can't be spending $2,000 on popsicles. I get I get angry when my daughter wants to watch one additional episode of Octonauts before bed. I oh, can't even imagine. The, the lava I... episode? Yes. It's a good episode. Re- and the Orfish episode is just excellent. I mean, that's television at its finest. Is that finest. the one with the spiky things on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great episode. Uh, but, man, parenthood is terrifying. <laughs> parenthood is terrifying. And I'm actually more scared of my toddlers than I'm probably going to be when they're teenagers, though I've heard that's hell on earth, too. So, good. I'm nine, glad I made the conscious decision. Nine's going great for us over here, so don't you worry about <laughs> nine, it, buddy. Nine is going great for the Coquels, no doubt. Uh, tomorrow, I'm sure, it will be another episode of As the Cheese Turns, and we'll be T-minus seven days away from Coquel Racing, a foot race with the famous racing I'm coming, Hamlet. I'm coming. At the South Florida Fair. And, by the way, the South Florida Fair does open tomorrow. It opens tomorrow at the South Florida Fair ground. So go ahead, get your tickets, and we'll be out there next Friday for Coquel to race the pigs. That's a wrap for us. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick, and we've been live on ESPN 106.3.